0: Hey, this is Jose Galison of No Way Jose. You can find me on the No Way Jose YouTube channel. You can also find me in all the major podcatchers and Odyssey as well. I always forget to mention that. Um, today, I didn't do the intro. It got hit for copyright. Uh, IP is fucking lame. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so I don't know. I, might, I think I might try to have my homie make a shorter version. Maybe I've heard if it's like under 30 seconds, it doesn't get dinged. I don't know. I'm a tech idiot. Uh, today, my guest is Clint Russell of Liberty Lockdown. Um... Uh, this is a live stream for those watching now but it will be it will only be available for now I say this but the last one I think I forgot I was got really busy and forgot to to put it un- unlisted for like a day or two but anyways this is pretty much your chance to watch it now if it's live if not I will release it later so those people that can get it in the meantime are my patrons it'll be available on my patreon and also for my patrons they get to fucking, um they get to drop chats and I give them secret code words that way. I know it's them, and they don't have to super chat if they want to. If they want to give me super chats, whatever, that's cool. Um, Yeah, today the topic is the Lewis Ling chapter of the Anarchist Handbook, and I brought – I wanted Clint to come on because I just feel like he very much embodies the spirit of Lewis Ling in this current day and age, and it just magically works out, too. He just looks like a bald version of him. So, you know, Um, uh, God, there's something else I want to address. Oh, sorry I still got late for those who are waiting. uh, We hopped on – tower power hour i was trying to do it real quick then hop out and uh spike was on there and he's a you know he's a long-winded fella so uh, it was hard to escape but uh you know it that should be a good episode so you guys should check that out and with that i'm gonna go go ahead and bring on the homie what's up dude
1: just fucking throwing bombs over here, brother. <laughs> Get, getting ready to rock.
0: Yeah, just like fucking Lewis Ling. Yeah, I love, so, I
1: love that piece. By the way, it's it is great. I, yeah, I had right? read it years ago, but I hadn't read it recently. Yeah,
0: it's fucking powerful, and it's like especially when you know like the context in which it happens, you're like fuck. Uh, oh, Nolan Harris. I'm very glad I mentioned Clint for this. I know I said I would only do uh, wouldn't, wouldn't do um, super chats, but yeah. Uh, for those who want a little bit of backstory, I initially was going after Shu for this. She never fucking hit me back up. Uh, which, you know what, you know, I'm not one who believes in God, but, you know, if there is a God, I think he kind of hooked me up there because then I was like, well, I'll do it uh, because I was like, I figured I'd do it for, like, my 100th episode, uh, and I was like, I was going to have it be me because I actually see very much – because I'm trying to, with the people I select for these, is people that embody these characters, um, and for me, um, like – Let's be you, honest. I, I embody this thing a little bit more yeah. than you. <laughs> but my point I was getting is young me. Like, a lot of people know I joined the military – and stuff, and I joined because I had this like patriot. I joined from this like love of liberty. It was just that I was retarded, I was young, dumb, and full of cum. And I just was like, I'm I'm gonna go save the world and go kill Hodge's. And that's not exactly how that works. But like, so I had that spirit that very much like the Lewis Ling spirit of I will do violence in order to to you know promote liberty. I just was misguided, as I would actually say Lewis Ling was as well. But you know, that's neither here nor there. That's not really the point of this. Um but yeah. Anyways, yeah. Nolan, uh, this guy, he brought it up because uh, I was gonna do me, and then I, I think it was like on a I don't remember, no, I did a, a live stream and I was talking about the people I selected for different channels, and someone said you should do Clint, and I was like, and it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, how the fuck did I not think of Clint? Because I had actually been thinking like, is there anything that would fit Clint? But like, I I guess since Lewis Ling's a lefty, it didn't click. And then, right, right. But then like when someone said it, I'm like, oh fuck, you're right. Like he's the perfect Lewis Ling, and so I'm really awesome. glad that worked out. Um, oh yeah, for everyone watching too, if you want me to mention anything or you know questions or whatever, um just drop a super chat and I will do it at the end. So this is a you know because this is we're gonna be doing a reading and kind of doing expounding on it throughout as we go because it's a pretty short piece. So should I just read the whole thing. It's also powerful, so I don't you know. But yeah. um Anyways, you know I fucking oh, I forgot to do my plugs real quick. Uh, I'll do tops. That's the only one I care about. The homie top lobster. Uh, go check out his shit, toplobster.com. I literally have top lobster run on right now, the High on Liberty with uh, the Ron Paul shirt. And you have, uh, I know this thing that's yours, but he made it for you, the design. So, yeah, I, yeah. Can't, I can't. Can I show you? Oh, I see it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Top is the absolute man. He really is like the best among us. He does so much work, it's insane. Um, he deserves everything he gets um, but yeah um, so Clint I, if you could go ahead and intro yourself real quick for those who don't know I know sure. Pete Quinones likes only do, like to do it for first time I do it for every time for one it takes up time and two it's like I have such a small following that or I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger it's like you know it could be someone's first time every time so it's good to give an intro of who you are so
1: yeah I'm Clint from Liberty Lockdown I am a <laughs> Uh, former private money mortgage broker turned into a Liberty Ranter via the lockdowns and uh, very much did not have any interest in being in this field. But I felt a calling uh, about May of 2020, started my show. And since then, I've been on, you know, Freeman Beyond the Wall with P. Quinones and Part of the Problem with Dave Smith and uh, Tim Cast IRL with Tim Poole and just been all over. Um, also a member of the uh, Tower Power Hour. And yeah, thank you for having me, man. I This is after reading this, I was like, yep. Yep, I'm ready.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's definitely something. And you know what? Like, I I also wanted this one to be special, uh, and then I got you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna make but this no, special,
1: whether you like it or not.
0: Yeah, but Louis Ling is like, for those who haven't read the Anarchist Handbook, he's like the centerpiece of this book. He's literally the cover art, and he's and you know, for Michael Malice, he's brought him up before many times. Even before he made the Anarchist Sand book, he would be one he would cite as a you know. Uh, I know, a beacon of anarchy, and like even though I know we mean, you would probably say that it's misguided, but the spirit, the spirits here. It's like that gif with Will Smith or whatever. So you know, he's got the right spirit. Like
1: yep. this
0: dude was fucking on fire for liberty, and he was the basest motherfucker there probably ever was. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> so so hardcore. Here, let, let's let's do the piece. Uh, I can we can talk more about you yeah, know, yeah yeah the impact and everything. Well, I
0: wanted to ask you first off okay, uh, sure. to lead into it. Well, why do you think you embody Louis Ling?
1: I think I do because I am willing to die. (laughs) I mean, just to put it bluntly, you know, like, and, and it's the difference between Lewis Ling and I is that Lewis seems to have, uh, have really embraced it. Whereas I'm taking it more begrudgingly. Like I, I, I very much don't want to die. Whereas I think that Lewis was like, if I fucking send a message, I'm happy to. And, and I don't feel that way. Um, so, and I also don't want it to come across as if like, I am a danger or I have any intentions of violence. I don't actually, but um, very much in my heart. I feel that if it gets to the point of totalitarianism where it requires violence, then, you know, yeah. I'll do what I have to do. So, which
0: I mean, I don't remember the exact situation, but there was a lot of stuff going on. Like I'm not a big history buff, but there was a lot of stuff going on at that time. And I think we forget that uh, we get sucked in our own little history bubble of our current time. And we don't think about how things were. And there was a lot of shit going on. Like I've read a, pretty much almost the whole book at this point. And there are a few other people that were existing around the same time. And there was a lot of crazy shit going on at the time. That weirdly very reminiscent of a way but of our current times. But in like, a, in like a this is what it could be. Like I know we like to think that we have it real bad. And we kind of do. But there was a lot of crazy shit that happened around this time period. So yeah. I mean they kind of in a sense we were kind of at that like oh fuck type, type place so yeah this was yeah.
1: this was post civil war like reconstruction period is that God,
0: right w- w- he was 1886 uh, okay. so there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of crazy stuff going on and this is the time of Emma Goldman there was also a t- there was a like i don't know there was something that went on uh, with the rockefellers where they basically killed a bunch of people that were striking for uh pay so it was like a little bit more socialist in a sense like focusing on them there's a lot of crazy stuff going on that time um but yeah it was kind of a little bit uh yeah i I don't know i I, like i said i'm not a history guy so this would be thad's thing if i had him on but i don't for
1: sure for sure but yeah i I don't know i don't know much about that period i I mean i haven't read a ton about it but um yeah i think that that this guy is definitely like a really profound figure for liberty in a period that we probably can't really relate to where you have robber barons and things like that but in its own right we kind of have robber barons but they're just part of the government now in a more overt fashion or maybe i don't know maybe it is the same i don't know (laughs) now that i'm talking about it kind of does feel similar
0: no it's funny you see people like this like characters like lewis ling and it really starts to make you realize that like because i mean prior to like these past couple years we very much were in this like we were ANCAPs and uh, we kind of have the, a lot of us have this tendency of this Ayn Randian view of like uh, of the capitalists or whatever. And, but mm-hmm. then we, you know, you start to realize that, Oh shit, this isn't quite this clear cut thing. Like this narrative is only something that really developed in the past like year or two. I mean, there are people who would say it, but it was never like an emphasis and it was kind of like a, a, a sidebar, you know? So, I mean, really now we're starting to realize that some of our NSOC income buddies may have been onto some shit a little bit. And we kind of, out of spite because we like to hate and com, just ignored it all. And to our detriment at this point, you know? So, yeah. I actually yeah.
1: agree with that. I, I think that there are, I mean, it's funny because I don't feel like I actually have changed my opinion of value in capitalism at all. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah. You however, it oriented
0: it a little bit, changed it. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like I, yeah. it just, it just changed my perspective or vantage point when it comes to the existing kind of oligarchical uh, business structures that exist. And, and I think that that is, that is kind of an eye-opening that I've had over the past few years that I, I didn't really expect. I mean, I knew that big business was very dominant. I knew that they used any any competitive practices. I I knew they used that the the government to you know lobby on their behalf and and to uh, you know I- implement regulations and restrictions and things of that nature to try and help increase their market share. But I just really didn't. I don't think I really fully embraced how yeah. fucked it all was.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the narrative before now was that. We were going communism. I, I don't know why that was the narrative. And I don't know how it caught us so off guard because in retrospect it's so obvious. But I know, right? Now we realize like, oh fuck, it wasn't <laughs> communism, it was fascism. Like that's that's the route. Like this is the route we're going. Yeah. So uh, I mean, which I mean it's kind of a subtle differentiation, but it, it matters. <laughs> so yeah. Um all right, let's I'm gonna go ahead and read the intro because this is honestly, this is probably like this this whole pit bit like starts out with a bang and ends with a bang. Um, On May 4th, 1886, a still unknown person threw a bomb at a labor demonstration in Chicago's Haymarket Square. In the ensuing chaos, dozens were injured and several killed, including seven police officers. As a result of this, eight anarchists were arrested in connection uh, as part of a conspiracy, even though most of them hadn't actually been there at the time. Four of the men would later be hanged for the events, two sentenced to life and one to 15 years. Bombs were found in the eighth man's, Louis Ling's home, for which his attorney's weak excuse was that Ling had the right to have bombs in his house. Through the ages, this has become popularized as Ling's supposed proclaiming, I couldn't have thrown that bomb. I was at home making bombs, which that is like one of the most base things already. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Ling could be regarded as the mythical Che Guevara figure of his day with his outraged defiance at the court inspiring an entire generation of young revolutionaries rather than hanging ling smuggled a blasting cap into his prison cell and blew off his jaw writing hooray for anarchy on the wall in german with his own blood before dying all the haymarket martyrs were posthumously pardoned and a monument later raised in their honor already fuck
1: (laughs) i got i got chills actually i mean that that is so fucking powerful like to (laughs) To actually have that level of conviction where as you're bleeding out, you use your own (laughs) blood to write, you know, like what? Unreal.
0: Yeah. And the context for those watching or or listening now, um, this this next what's going to come is his speech, his literal speech he delivered to the court uh, as they were sentencing him. So this is literally the words of a, a man who's being going to his death uh well actually i want to say he may have already been sentenced to this point i think he already knew what was going on at this point i don't, I don't remember the exact context but essentially this dude knew he's going to die and in instead of you know trying to have any sort of concessions he just stuck to his guns and doubled down you know so
1: a man, uh, a man after your own heart
0: <laughs> yeah we were just talking about the entire power hour um all right um Court of justice, the same irony with which you have regarded my efforts to win in this free man of America, he puts the free land of America in quotations, a livelihood such as humankind is worthy to enjoy. Do you now, after condemning me to death, concede me the liberty of making a final speech? I accept your concession, but it's only for the purpose of exposing the injustice, the cal- calamities, and the outrages which have heaped upon me. You have accused me of murder and convicted me. What proof have you brought that I am guilty? Already starting out fucking, you know, coming out hard. So Defiant. Yeah. Uh, in the first place, you have brought this fellow Seliger to testify against me. Him, I have helped to make bombs, and you have further proven with the assistance of another, I took those bombs to number 58 Clybourne Avenue. But what you have not proven, even with the assistance of your bot squealer Seliger, who would appear to have acted such a prominent part in the affair as that any of those bombs were taken to the Haymarket. A couple of chemists also have been brought here as specialists, yet they could only state that the metal of which the Haymarket bomb was made bore a certain resemblance to those bombs of mine, and your Mr. Ingham has vainly endeavored to deny that bombs were quite different he had to admit that there was a difference of a full half inch in their diameters, although he suppressed the fact that there was also a difference of a quarter of an inch in the thickness of the shell. This is the kind of evidence upon which you have convicted me. It is not murder, however, of which you have convicted me. The judge has stated that much only this morning in the resume of the case, and Grinnell has repeatedly asserted that we were being tried not for murder, but for anarchy. So the condemnation is that I am an anarchist. So, like, at this point, I think the point you can get from this is I know we like to have this idea and we were given this romantic idea from birth of like hey you know get your time in court and you know they'll see the evidence and everything will work out and especially we have this idea especially with something like sending someone to death or to life that you know we have this this fucking dramatized version or romanticized version in our head of like juries and that like they would you know they they would be so fair and like you know beyond a reasonable doubt and mm-hmm. even here you're showing like he's already you know saying look at all this evidence is at fault and then on top of that because you guys didn't have the correct this wasn't like it you didn't have the evidence you needed you then changed the legal uh, you changed the argument from whether I did this to the fact that I'm an anarchist and because I'm an anarchist, I'm conspiring. So I don't know if you have any thoughts to develop on that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I actually think I I viewed it a little bit differently. I took it as him saying, I mean, certainly what you said, but also that he doesn't, he doesn't recognize their laws. So there is, and, and this is actually kind of the point I've been making about the non aggression principle that like, if you're aggressed upon by the government, you don't have a right in our system to fight the government do you have a moral obligation? I would say yes. Do you have a moral green light? I would also say yes. Uh, so this is I think that's kind of part of what he's saying there is like like regardless of the the system, whatever they find him guilty or innocent, it's kind of irrelevant because he doesn't believe that that the law that they're enforcing is just because he was using violence against uh, the you know the violent arm of the state. so I can see it both ways.
0: Yeah. What is anarchy? This is a subject which my comrades have explained with sufficient clearness and it's unnecessary for me to go over it again. They have told you plainly enough what our aims are. The state's attorney, however, has not given you that information. He has merely criticized and condemned not the doctrines of anarchy, but our methods of giving them practical effect. And even here, he has maintained a discreet silence as to the fact that those methods were forced upon us by the brutality of the police. Grinnell's own proffered remedy for our grievances is the ballot and combination of trade unions and Ingham has even avowed the desirability of a six-hour movement. The fact is that at every attempt to wield the ballot, at every endeavor to combine the efforts of working men, you've displayed the brutal violence of the police club, and this is why I have recommended Rude Force to combat the ruder force of the police. I have a feeling you uh, have thoughts on this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's basically the point I was making yeah. prior, is that yes. you know he's, he's saying that he's just, essentially. Uh, I mean, that, that, especially that last sentence um, where he says, you have displayed the brutal violence of the police club, and this is why I have recommended rude force to combat the ruder force of the police. I mean, that is, without, you know, dolling it up, that is basically an, a nap violation. He's saying, yeah. you have aggressed upon me. I am defending myself. And and as such, I don't I don't believe that any of this is just.
0: Yeah. And I mean, anyone's been following for any period of time, you've probably heard me say, you know, that the government by its existence is aggressing against you. I mean, now, obviously, there's a concern of proportionality, but basically you are justified in responding morally. Now, obviously, we may disagree on what's tactically intelligent, but so here, you know, a lot of people have this romanticized version of the police. And I mean, in this situation, if they are attacking him and his comrades, it's uh, he they are fully morally in the in the. uh, in the correct in aggressing against them in any way that need be. Obviously assuming they don't take out innocence and they, you know, but yeah,
1: that's, that's been actually the most, most brilliant part of the past year and a half is that instead of using, you know, brute force, they're not actually using the state very much like the, the police and the military very much. They're using psyops and social pressure. So it, it makes it much harder to identify the aggression as being overt. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like if you're forced to close your business because you know that like you will get fines, it doesn't mean that the cop is going to actually come around, you know, unless unless you protest and you stay open and you're willing to pay the price. But it's it's still that threat of violence that hangs over you. So a lot of people, a lot of libertarians actually would argue that a business owner has no right to go out and, you know, mess with the cops over this because there's no direct aggression. But it's it's coercive. It's it's extremely aggressive truly i mean cuz you're you're basically making it illegal for someone to make a living to provide for their family i mean the only reason that that people didn't riot and, and i would have been i would have felt people were fully justified to do so had they chosen to by the way as long as it was targeted towards the people that were actually oppressing them the only reason people didn't do it is because they have the power of the printing press yeah. which is also aggressive because it is debasing your savings which are quickly dwindling via the lockdowns so yeah. all the way around this is. It has been a massive overt NAP violation. Not not this like broad base. The government exists, so that's a NAP violation. I'm saying the government is fucking you directly right now, yeah. and yep. Uh, yep. and I think that people, fa- libertarians in particular, fail to identify that sometimes.
0: Yeah, I mean this bit too. R- recall brings to mind the uh, the riots as of late, the after the George Floyd, because anyone who recalls this correctly, uh, as I'm sure me and you do, but uh, the. The violent individuals who were causing property damage and hurting individuals, generally the police stayed hands off. The ones where they did become violent were generally peaceful, unarmed crowds. Mm-hmm. And I think that should tell you all you need to know. They're fucking cowards. And he's going to go into this later. The police are fucking cowards. Obviously, a, I'm speaking as a collective. But sure, the police is a collective of cowards. I'm sure there's brave ones out there. I mean, I would say that they're They they've mistaken mistaken for having their job, which I mean I was former I was active duty military, so I I fully concede that I was that was immoral what I was doing you know so but you know not it is it is whiz so I'm I'm not saying this in a condemning way what I did was immoral so I mean but anyways. You're still,
1: you're still leaving a pathway to redemption. Like it's not, it's not as if they're damned because they're a cop. I mean, they may be damned if they killed somebody while they were a cop, or they may be damned for putting people behind bars for victimless crimes because they're a cop. But, um, I still believe in redemption. I mean, I believe in redemption if you actually are a private citizen and you commit a a serious atrocity. So obviously I'm still going to offer that to the police as well.
0: Yeah, and this kind, of, this next bit kind of expounds more on like what I just said. You have charged me with despising law and order. What does your law and order amount to? It's representatives of the police, and they have thieves in their ranks. Here sits Captain Shaq. He has himself admitted to me that my hat and books have been stolen from him in his office, stolen by police. These are your defenders of property rights. The detectives, again, who arrested me, forced their way into my room like housebreakers under false pretenses giving the name of a carpenter, Lorenz, of Burlington Street. They have sworn that I was alone in my room, therein perjuring themselves. You have not subpoenaed this lady, Miss Klein, who was present and could have sworn that aforesaid uh, detectives broke into my room under false pretenses and their testimonies are perjured. But let us go further. In Shack, we have a captain of the police, and he has also perjured himself. He has sworn that I admit to him being present at the Monday night meeting, whereas I distinctly informed that I was at a carpenter's meeting at Zepp Hall. He has sworn again that I told him that I also learned to make bombs for Hermos book. That also is a perjury. Let us still go a step higher among those, these representatives of law and order. Grinnell and his associates have per, uh, permitted perjury, and I say that they have done it knowingly. The proof has been adduced by my counsel. With my own eyes, I have seen Grinnell point out to Gilmer eight days before he came upon the stand the persons of the men whom he has, swore, uh, has to swear against me. While I, as I have stated above, believe in force for the sake of winning for myself and fellow workmen a livelihood such as men ought to have, Grinnell, on the other hand, through his police and other ro- other rogues su- have uh, suburned perjury in order to murder seven men of whom i am one so and if you have something to go after there uh, uh
1: i mean no i i just think he's uh, it's just kind of like it's building i i, do, I just love this yeah. piece uh, because it's a speech you can tell too because <laughs> it builds to a climax yeah um, but he's just kind of laying the groundwork for you know, how how aggrieved he is, how wronged he was and and kind of justifying the, the stance he takes at the end.
0: Yeah. and I mean, that was just that once again, this leads to my context. My, the, the point I brought earlier is like if the state wants to get you, they will get you one way or another. I mean, if you are someone that they feel has aggrieved against them as an institution, they will find a way to twist things to make it happen. And I mean, you know, like I said, we have this romantic idea of law and order and how it works. And this is how it works. Well, perfect example.
1: Perfect example is Guantanamo. I mean, those those people that were responsible for 9-11, theoretically, most of them weren't, obviously, um, have been held without trial for fucking 20 years. I mean, that that is insane. And they can only they only do that when you really, really fuck with the, you know, their power structure. Um, And I think that what you're seeing with the January 6th political prisoners which i will definitely classify them as they're being held many of them in solitary confinement without trial without hearings for fucking 9 months or however many months it's been now it's atrocious but the reason it happens cuz you can you can be a drug dealer and they won't if they can't get evidence they won't like plant evidence all the time i mean s- certainly sometimes they will but for the most part you can if you have a good attorney and you have money you can defend yourself in this system except for when you fuck with the state then they take the gloves off. All of the rules are basically uh, transparent at that point, And you get to see the real fucking teeth behind this bitch.
0: Yeah. Ross Ulbricht. I mean, Guantanamo Bay. I mean, a lot of people make the, the case that like, Oh, well, you know, they're not necessarily foreign. There's uh, you know, citizens, blah, blah, which I mean, that's a bullshit argument, but Ross Albrecht fucking private citizen. They railroaded him at every fucking every turn. So there you go. if you go look into it, it's, that's very much the case. Um, But yeah, uh, Grinnell had the pitiful courage here in the courtroom where I could not defend myself to call me a coward, which I like that. It's kind of like, you know, the gall of anyone to call someone a coward when they they have the, you know, the entire establishment behind them. And like, I don't know, it's just a bitch move, really. The (laughs) scoundrel, a fellow who has leagued himself with a parcel of base, hireling knaves and brings me the gallows. Why? For no earthly reason, save a contemptible selfishness, a desire to rise in the world to make money forsooth, this wretch by who who by means of the perjuries of other wretches is again going to murder seven men is a fellow who calls me coward and yet you blame me for despising such defenders of the law such unspeakable hypocrites anarchy means no uh, domination of or authority of one man over another yet you call that disorder a system which advocates no such order as shall require the services of rogues and thieves to defend it you call disorder yeah i do i that that fucking that quote is great though that the anarchy means no domination or authority of one man over another yet you call that disorder and uh yeah so
1: that's, well it's 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 funny because when i read that i was thinking about um you know hierarchy and jordan peterson mm-hmm. and and it's like yeah i mean there there are times i think that there's a natural this kind of gets you into a little bit deeper philosophical yeah, discussion funny. but um <laughs> yeah i i just think it's interesting that like I'm not, I guess, I guess I'm kind of a hierarchical anarchist where I think that like there are reasons for natural hierarchy where one man uh, might, I guess, I guess I wouldn't say rule over another, but um, certainly have more power. Um, But I think that it's more just if it comes about organically, whereas in our current system and in, in the system of every government that's ever existed, it's essentially, you know, power because of the monopoly on violence. Um, so I guess that's kind of what I took away from that part.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, I would say like dominant domination or authority, like I I agree with the uh, hierarchy entirely or, uh, as well. So I don't, I mean, obviously I feel like Ling probably would, might be one of those kinds that has disputes with hierarchy, but even in that context, dom- domination or authority, you could, I mean, authority yeah. can be interpreted uh, different ways, but generally yeah. that, that means domination, like, domination would never be
1: accepted yeah. for sure. Yes. And I, I like uh, yeah. the the last uh, line. He okay. says, "A system which advocates no such order as shall require the services of rogues and thieves to defend it." To you, call disorder. I love, I love. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just like it's flowery. It's like Shakespearean. It's fucking
0: beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, dude. And I, I do like how he points out, which is that the cops they're doing this for money, and he's doing this because of. You know, his love of liberty, essentially. So Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for that. I mean, while we may say he's misguided or whatever, there's something to be said for that. Yep. Uh, The judge himself was forced to admit that the state's attorney had not been able to connect me with the bomb throwing. The latter knows how to get around it, however. He charges me with being a conspirator. How does he prove it? Simply by declaring the International Working People's Association to be a conspiracy. I was a member of that body, so he has the charge securely fastened on me. Excellent. Nothing is too difficult for the genius of a state's attorney. That <laughs> last line is great. Like, yeah, see, you, you can
1: you can feel the sarcasm yeah. sarcasm dripping off those words.
0: Yeah, no, and I mean, what was I going to say? I, I do think there's something to be said there, as I've said multiple times, is the idea of the state will get you no matter what. The way the the law is written. They can twist things so many different ways because he just pointed out here that now they made it a conspiracy, and now they use this loose association with this group he's part of, and so on and so forth. So, if they want to get you, they're going to get you. So, yeah. I'm yeah. And
1: and also, I just think that it's it's so tragic that this happened. I mean, given you know our rights of freedom of association, it's it's insane that we now have laws on the books like Rico and whatnot that allow them to basically. Um, you know charge people that haven't actually committed a crime but being affiliated with others that have it's it's completely antithetical to liberty
0: yeah all right it is hardly incumbent for me to review the relations which i <laughs> occupied to my companions in misfortune i can truly and openly uh i can say truly and openly that i am not as intimate with my fellow prisoners as i am with captain shack the univis- universal misery, the ravages of the capitalistic hyena have brought us together in a- our agitation, not as persons, but as workers in the same cause, such as a conspiracy of which you have convicted me. I did want to pause on that that paragraph. And I do think, like we mentioned earlier, this is very reminiscent of modern day. He says the capitalistic hyena. Obviously, I me and you would disagree on that. But the point he's getting at stands especially in modern days like someone putting the things no one gets killed for quitting amazon i mean yeah i mean obviously no one gets killed for killing am- quitting amazon but i would argue amazon is a wing of the state mm-hmm. you know i mean to some extent i mean not 100 percent of the state but sure and that's kind of what he's getting at here um so yeah
1: it's all all that it would require for us to agree with him is for him to change the word capitalistic to kleptocratic like yeah. I think that if he were to just say the ravages of the kleptocratic hyena have brought up us together in our agitation, it's like, well, then I'm I'm with you, brother. Um, yeah. I just think it's that that's where you get into semantics and and differentiation yeah. of of words that are used to describe these things. But yeah, I, I agree with you actually.
0: Yeah. All right. I protest against the conviction against the decision of the court. All right. Now I want you guys to focus on this line because I love this line. I do not recognize your law jumbled together as it is by the nobodies of bygone centuries. Fucking genius line. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know if you have any of the riff on that, but it just stands alone. Really? Like,
1: yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, it's just glorious. Um, I do not recognize your law jumbled together as it is by the nobodies of bygone centuries. It's funny because I actually do have some affinity for, you know, ancient, ancient writings. And, um, you know obviously I, I very much appreciate the founding fathers work and things like that. So I but I, I really appreciate the sentiment of it. Mm-hmm. Um especially like given the 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 constitution of the Bible, like how it was actually put together. And and I would say the same thing about the Bible. It's jumbled together as it, as it is mm-hmm. by the nobodies of bygone centuries. That's how the Bible was crafted. It was crafted mm-hmm. by I mean sure you could say that they were great men for their time but ultimately like They left a whole bunch of shit on the cutting room floor. And it's like, if this is the word of God, how do you do such a thing? Shouldn't it just be like a full, just whatever you've gathered, you just put it out. So I I kind of feel, I feel his energy there.
0: Yeah. No, I I think it's unique in law because law is known for having like legal precedent in every decision. Like, it's like, well, in this thing, you know, this thing, and it kind of builds upon each other. And that's kind of like, yes, we do have great legal minds but the way our legal system works is it compounds upon itself which i mean you could probably apply this to other things you sort of the government in general is like how this works like we you know like you could like you could be like ron paul's the shit but it's like okay but uh what other politicians we got in there right now it's like these. it's like yes we, we look back at the romanticized certain aspects but it's like especially with something like legal stuff like they they come together and it, they the laws are crafted in such a way or they have legal precedent to interpret in such a way that it just compounds upon each other and one person is a shitty decision that builds off another shitty decision and so on and so forth and like you might have a good guy in there somewhere so yeah. like well yeah. i
1: mean it's a, it's the same cop uh, concept as the police if yeah. you have one good cop out of a hundred Would you not want to abolish that system? It's the same thing with politicians. If you have one good politician, if you have one Ron Paul for 99 other fucking scumbags, you go, uh, yeah, we're going to abolish this. Like, Like Ron, Ron can go and do something else. We don't need him in this position of power. Let's just get the rest of these psychopaths out of power. Um, So, yeah, I very I love the energy in this one.
0: Yeah. And I do not recognize the decision of the court. My own counsel have conclusively proven from the decisions of equally high courts that a new trial must be granted us. The state's attorney quotes three times as many decisions from perhaps still higher courts to prove the opposite. And I am convinced that if in another trial, these decisions should be supported by 21 volumes, they will reduce 100 in support of the contrary. If it is anarchists who are to be tried, which I mean, that's once again, just building off prior shit I said, and yeah. know, the way the legal system works, and how they can interpret it—you know, how they want. You know, they have all these legal precedent, and they can kind of choose which in, to, to pay attention to and which not. So yep. you have this convoluted mess that is our fucking legal system in the United States, or in general, this is how most legal systems work.
1: Oh, and so, and the fact that they come down on anarchists as hard as they do tells yeah. you everything you know you need to know about who who they're really concerned about. Because I mean, those are the people that that don't believe in the power of the state. That is that is a direct affront to their power structure.
0: Yeah. And not even under such a law a law that a schoolboy would must despise, not even by such methods have they been able to legally convict us. They have suburned uh, suborn perjury to boot. All right, and now these last two paragraphs I want you to read cuz these are the, the, the two most powerful ones and this is for you.
1: Let's hit it. Mm-hmm. I tell you frankly and openly, I am for force. I have already told Captain Sheck, if they use cannons against us, we shall use dynamite against them. I repeat that I am the enemy of the order of today. And I repeat that with all my power, so long as breath remains in me, I shall combat it. I declare again, frankly and openly, that I am in favor of using force. I have told Captain Check, and I stand by it. If you cannonade us, we shall dynamite you. You laugh. Perhaps you think you'll throw no more bombs. But let me assure you, I die happy on the gallows. So confident am I that the hundreds of thousands to whom I have spoken will remember my words. And when you shall have hanged us, then mark my words, they will, they will do bomb throwing in this hope. Do I say to you, I despise you. I despise your order, your laws, your force propped up authority. Hang me, hang me for it. Damn it. I fucked up that last <laughs> line, but it's fucking great.
0: Yeah. It's still great. No. Yeah. That, that, and these are the words of a man going to his death, which is power glorious. Uh, power. Yeah. Uh, and there's something to be said there where he goes on about how his name will ring through history. And at, by the demonstration of this very day, it has, mm-hmm. and there's something to be beautiful for that to say for that. And I, I'm very much one that probably would criticize the concept of martyrs. And I know you've talked to this before. I think generally speaking, it doesn't work out the way that people want it to like what you might have like one out of every hundred person who is doing the martyr thing ends up actually legitimately being a martyr. But when you do get it you fucking get it so like yeah i mean and, there's definitely power there
1: and i think people people misunderstood what i meant by that is like yeah 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 like it is and i've already covered this plenty so i'm not i'm not even trying to defend myself i just want to express it uh, a little bit differently is that you know i guess i guess the point that i was really trying to make is if you're going to die for something make it great you know like make it a really beautiful thing and yeah. and i think that that's how many soldiers feel, you know, going into battle too. It's like, uh, historically they would talk about a, a glorious death. Um, you know, I could, I can only hope, but for a glorious death, like this was, this was a genuine, a genuine toxic masculinity trait shared by many men through many, many civilizations for eons. I mean, it basically, as long as human beings have existed, this has been, there's been a, a warrior spirit. And, and I feel like that, that courses through many ANCAPs caps and many anarchists that, you know, we, we believe what we believe in strongly and we believe in not being dominated. And if we have to fucking take people out to maintain our liberty, then we shall, you know, like that's that's the energy. And and I just love I love the defiance of it. I mean, to to know to know the context of this speech, to know what he's facing and to still say it with such conviction. You are a true motherfucking believer at that point.
0: Yeah, which. Yeah, I mean, and like I said before, this is something I could I did identify like in a younger me. Now I'm older, I have a family. I, I wouldn't probably see things in the same way. I don't see the utility in it, but very much like from a willing to be a warrior for liberty, like that's why I joined the military. That's what I thought was going to happen. But had I been philosophically more in line with what I am now at a younger age, I could see myself standing right next to Magnus Panvadia, fucking ready to fucking burn the motherfucker down. So right. yeah, because. i i I genuinely have like i know a lot of people may get the impression that i'm like because i do say that it's dumb to do political violence you know but i very much like if i ever see my only qualms is that we don't have the infrastructure for it to be successful if we did (laughs) it'd be like okay let's fucking go buddy (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) i i mean i view it i view it a little differently in that if I, if I knew the future, you know, like if I knew that we were headed towards a North Korea totalitarianism, I would fight right now, you know, mm-hmm. just being honest. Um, my hope is that cooler heads can prevail, that we can actually work through this, not necessarily through political means, but through kind of a, a societal upheaval where we can a- actually have so many people wake up and say, fuck you, no more, that we don't actually end up in the violent you know death spiral because ultimately war lead it, it, you know violence begets more violence like i don't i'm not a violent person i'm not really interested in violence i'm just saying like if i knew that violence was going to be brought upon my family by the state i would have no choice but to act immediately yeah. i mean that's that's how i view it it's as, it's as crystal clear as that but it's not crystal clear because yeah. I don't know the future. So that's the only reason that I continue to speak into a microphone as often as I do. And the reason that I, I, I've, i you know, maintained patience in, in under the, uh, you know, the glare of a fucking potential totalitarian state.
0: Yeah. And there was something uh, Jared from End uh, uh, Democracy or, or hopping.org, I believe, said the other day, I think on Tower Power Hour. He said that, because uh, we were talking about this very subject. He said, um, Like someone asked him this question, like when you would do it. And I kind of jokingly said, like when we have the infrastructure and then he said, yeah, you're 100 percent right. But he goes, but for every man, there needs to be a line. And I like it regardless of that. And I completely agree with that. So I just think everyone's line is different. Like young me with no family, nothing to lose. It would take very little. The state fucks with me one little inch. I'm going to fuck you up. But. Like now me, that, that line is probably my family. Like, and it like, cause obviously like if I, if I pursue some sort of action, that's going to put them in jeopardy, I'm not going to do it. But if it's some, if I feel like an action of violence is going to prevent them from being in jeopardy, I will kill every fucking pig. <laughs> 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 you know, like I don't give a shit. Well, so, see,
1: the, the, this is the other thing that I always try and keep perspective on is that like, I know that most of the people that work for the state are not actually my enemy no like they're not they are misguided but they're probably good people and i I try and maintain that perspective even when i talk about the police or the military or anything else because i've known a ton of soldiers and and i like a lot of them i like love a lot of them i think they're fucking awesome people so it's very hard for me when there are no clear lines this isn't an invading army you know it's not if china if, if we had u.n helmets marching past my front lawn i'd be like here we go (laughs) <laughs> if be real simple um, but that's, yeah that's that's not where we're at right now so um yes. because of that because it's so obfuscated the tyranny is very unclear and unclean you really have to be patient like you have yeah. to you have to be cautious with this and that's why i encourage people to be patient despite the fact that we were locked in our fucking houses for 18 months and our forefathers would have absolutely revolted we don't live in that society we don't have that culture unfortunately um so we have to bide our time
0: yeah, that's very much the perverse aspect of the state, but there is also that aspect of when they're at your door and you're being dunk and lemped in the middle of the night. I don't it's give a fuck how nice you are. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Oh no, of course, of course. Yes. I'm not I'm yeah, certainly no, 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 not I saying idea. that. Yeah. I, I'm just saying for the most part, I don't think most of the police are going to be doing that to us. Um no. now that's not to say that there aren't some, because there certainly are. It certainly uh, but, happened, yes. Yeah, so. they, they already are doing it. Um, you know, Daniel. What's his name? Daniel Shaver. My God. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. My yeah. God. I mean, yeah, if you want to, yeah. if you want to, if you want to see me at my most radical, have me watch that like five times in a row, back to back to back, and then ask me what I want to do. I mean, dude, <laughs> like, I am, I am unhinged after watching that video.
0: Dude, the Duncan Lemp one. I mean, like, yes, Shaver one's fucked, but like, I don't know maybe just because I'm a father, but like, the Duncan Lamp one, fucked me up so hard. Like that dude, literally, his girlfriend was pregnant with their child, and I like, know. so. He didn't even get the satisfaction of holding his child, you know, from the like, because I mean, any fathers out there like that's I mean, that was the most beautiful moment in my life was holding my child the moment it was born. Uh, Like, I've never been happier. And to think he was robbed of that and that child was robbed of a father. Like, because I mean, now, to some extent, I can die happy. Like, I've I've done what humans are meant to do. I've created a family. I I've had children. I've had that experience. But Duncan Lemp was robbed of that, mm-hmm. and that's still like even just thinking about that fucks with me. Yeah. Uh, because and then the fact that his wife, like or girlfriend, was there at the time just adds insult to injury. It's just I don't know. It just it's just no. Just, I yeah.
1: I, I'll grant you. I mean, the story as we know it is far worse. We just yes. don't have the uh, egregious video of it to like mm. to actually see how terribly they they treated daniel shaver to give him simon says with you know a death penalty at the end of it is fucking insane so yeah had had, had there been yeah yeah had there been video of duncan lump i may feel totally differently but just in terms of like visceral rage nothing gets me going
0: worse yeah i just i know for me that's just a personal like that just fucks me the duncan Lemp thing but yeah i get a shaver and he also had a family too, shaver he did Uh, so which i mean it just something just was so fucked up about just the fact that he literally had a pregnant girlfriend that like she was months away from having their child. So that just was like, oh my god. It was they, they had such a beautiful moment in their life that just got destroyed. And so, then th-
1: there's one other that really fucks me up too is uh, I think his name was Fernando Castile. He uh, yes. maybe I have the the first name wrong. I'm not sure. I don't
0: I think the name the first name might be wrong, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he was the black guy that was uh, <sighs> carrying and and he was in the passenger seat when he got pulled over by this fucking fat pig that didn't understand anything about what he's supposed to be doing. And, uh, and he tells them, you know, I'm armed and, and they just panic. They just panic and they shoot him in the fucking chest. And then there's this multi minute long video of him bleeding out. And it's, it's just so dark. And, and it's mm-hmm. funny. Cause I, I actually saw this video on Twitter this morning and it was this guy, um, this couple's in their house. It's like a um, ring doorbell cam. Mm -hmm. And this this obviously mentally ill guy comes up to the front door and he just opens it and like pokes his head in. And thank God the dude's armed because apparently the guy had a knife and he and he and he runs outside and he you know, he's holding his his piece on him. And he and the this crazy homeless dude starts to like backpedal, but he's still like taking his time. And but the guy gives him a countdown. He like he shows better trigger control than a cop, a guy Mm -hmm. whose job it is to enforce law at the fucking business end of a gun and it's just like it's crazy to me that people that are in that position of power can't do it as well as a fucking random homeowner that's just armed it's it's wild
0: yeah i know people have this romantic view of the state or people who do agree they they have this idea of how well trained they are and i I can tell you i mean i obviously never been a cop but i literally didn't i did an episode with typo way back when and we kind of talked about like the military and how you know in relation to like because we were talking about like gun control um and how like like there's always these, mil- these veterans that come out and fucking be like i was this blah, blah, blah i mean i'm i was air force i was a mechanic so i didn't really have as much of a need but i mean i still had to get qualified and typo was a marine and it's a fucking joke like the way the state works is they don't really necessarily care about results they care about the perception of them that's what they care about uh they care about like You know, with the say, for example, like uh, with the rape problem and with the suicide problem in the in the in the in the fucking military, what do they do? Do they reduce the fucking the the wars or do anything like that? No, they give you fucking a little computer, a little slideshow you got to click through to say you got rape training or you got fucking you don't kill yourself training like shit like that. So it's a fucking joke. That's all it is. It's oh, we have a problem. Now, give me a box of check to say we dealt with it. Yeah, and it's, that's what it is. It's it's
1: PR. It's not yes. it's not genuine reform. It's PR. It's like it's like having an HR person that basically is their primary job is to protect the company. It's not yeah. to protect the employees. It's not to actually stop sexual harassment or assault in the in the workplace. It's about fucking keeping them afloat. And it's the same way the military functions and the police yeah. for that matter.
0: Yeah. All right. With that, I think uh, we'll go ahead and uh, drop plugs. Uh, you guys, if you want to drop any super chats, I'll address them now. If not, oh well. Uh, you know, give me money. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, at Liberty Lockpot on Twitter, Liberty Lockdown on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere else. Thank you for having me on, Jose. I hope I did lewis proud.
0: Yep, yeah, no, I think it, I think it turned out well. Do you want to say uh, ho- holler at the homie in the fucking chat? He doesn't have to do super chats because he's my fucking boy, Top Lobster. Go buy his fucking shit. Um, you know, I am no. i this is the Jose Galison of the No Way Jose Show. I'm on YouTube on all the major audio podcatchers. I'm on Odyssey as well. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Gally San Jose, I have fun on there. If you want to give me money, Patreon.com/slash NoWayJose2020, and like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And with that, we're out. We probably, I'm assuming, mean you will probably go over Tower Power if you guys want to head over yeah. there. Top let's hop uh, over. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. Peace. <laughs>